Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for the car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Manny. And today we got a lot of good news, interesting stuff going on, some more updates, and uh, we do have a guest today. So uh, why don't you say hello, Leo? What's up, you guys? I'm Leo, a.k.a. Unknown B2. A.k.a. Hashtag Lord of Hoes. I got no hoes. <laughs> Zero. I, I beg to differ, and there's a lot of people that disagree on that. Uh... Still got no <laughs> DMs are dry. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we'll be getting a little bit into uh, what's up with Leo a little bit later on in the episode. He'll be commentating on some of our news items today. So, Manny, why don't you kick us off with the first story? Yeah, so it looks like K-pop is getting more famous now in the political scene. Uh, now we have a Florida po- politician that thinks K-pop is foreign propaganda and BTS group, the BTS name means Big Time Socialist. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I first saw that, I was like, what? That's, yeah, old people. That's all I can really say. Yeah, it goes back to uh, K.W. Miller. He's like running for Congress in Florida. And he's talking about it, or he tweeted it like that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is corroborating with k-pop agents and k-pop groups what's a k-pop agent based the agents i mean like managers oh like the managers yeah. okay i thought he was like thinking k-pop had like some kind of russian communist <laughs> secret <laughs> secret spies or something uh i really wish they didn't come to this but like all these conspiracy theories now with k-pop and stuff yo <laughs> Uh, but yeah, now they're saying that uh, BTS is corroborating with like politicians here in the U.S., especially with Ocasio-Cortez, uh, to do stuff like what they did with the Trump rally and other stuff. Yeah, that's totally Florida man story, and I love it. <laughs> that just occurred to me. I didn't really think about the Florida part. He's, it's Florida man. <laughs> Florida man. Florida politician man. I mean... Basically, I'm just glad he's not eating somebody's face. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> oh you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of what happens. Yeah, so they're just he's just making a bunch of claims and everything. Um, I mean, the whole idea is, I don't know. I don't know how he got to this point. Well, I mean, how does most conspiracy theories get any part? You see kind of what you want to see and put any pieces of puzzles together to make it happen right Mm -hmm. so if he believes there's a conspiracy of what do you say big time socialists (laughs) and he sees k-pop doing their thing he's gonna connect some kind of crazy dots yeah and he's also saying that Ocasio admitted to collaborating with them and everything again it you see what you want to see right Mm -hmm. and what we talked about earlier that they're communicating through tiktok and everything Damn, that TikTok again. I know, and it's going to get banned in the U.S. apparently. I heard talks about that, and um, I, I haven't read a lot into it, but apparently it's something about data mining. That, yeah, or what do you think, Leo? Not a TikTok fan, TikTok fan, but... I mean, neither am I. I haven't downloaded the app. What I heard is supposedly TikTok stealing all your information and I mean, all the but good stuff. If you really think about it, how much more information are they stealing than like facebook facebook probably has more information on cities you've lived cities you've lived in in the past your families who you're connected to they take your phone numbers and suggest friends for you that way you know what i mean like if it's about data i think we have a lot more problems than tiktok what i've heard it's 
TikTok's run by the Chinese government. Even though it's banned in China. Yeah, but it's still weird. How much more data are they really mining compared to Facebook? Like, if you think about all the information that's available on Facebook for people in their lives versus what's on TikTok. That's what I never understand because you see all these people making posts. It's like, oh, I don't agree to the uh, to Facebook using my photos, my name, and all this stuff to sell to corporations and all this other stuff. But the moment you make an account, you, there's a terms and agreement. It's already in there. The moment you make the account and you finalize it, you already agree to it. So I don't. It, it's annoying when I see people post that shit. Boomers. <laughs> no, it's not even just boomers, dude. Like it's it's throughout the demographic. I see it everywhere. Yeah, I'm, I've seen them too, where they just post stuff because it's like, oh, better safe than sorry, but it, it makes no sense. Yeah, and talk to your, to your representative, talk to your uh, so-and-so and everything yeah. to n- not that, let Facebook do this. It's like, you already did it by agreeing to the terms when you made your account. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I feel like I maybe need to read up a little bit more on this story to find out exactly what supposedly TikTok is doing that's going to get it banned. Because, I mean, I don't know how much data it can really be pooling when Facebook literally logs your hometown, current city, you know what I mean? It logs your phone numbers, suggests friends per your phone numbers, suggests advertising per your conversations. Like, yeah, I mean, in reality, the people that are going to get the hit the hardest are like high school girls and shit. Well, that's mm. what I mean. Like, what information crucial can the Chinese get from girls dancing to weeb music and cosplay? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Leo. Oh. <laughs> what about me? What Make, about me? Making TikTok videos with your wife who's in shit. Boy, I don't make TikTok videos. Are you sure about that? I plead the fifth. <laughs> you plead the fifth. <laughs> oh, no mas. Oh, no mas. <laughs> All right, so what, what else do we got in that story? Um, I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much what I read, honestly. it's it It just goes back to like crazy, just crazy people that think they can get through politics making these assumptions and stuff or he's not even a politician he's running for congress and everything inspiring but okay inspiring and everything um i would have never thought uh, ocasio would probably get involved in this situation either probably well remember that the whole conspiracy stuff of socialists is using her as the painted face right now you know that is true so that she's going to be attached to all kinds of crazy shit right now that is true uh, but it's just funny how I think the funniest part was just the name that they put for BTS that their supposed name was Big Time Socialist. <laughs> yeah, because they have, you know, obviously you've seen them. They have no aesthetics, right? Mm-hmm. They can't come up with something better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have multiple names for the BTS. Yes, you mentioned one that I freaking laughed so hard at. What was it again? It was, let me pull up my phone real All quick. Right, pull it that up. was, let's see. Wow, they have a bunch of different names, too, actually. Well, which one was the... It was something Boy Scouts, right? Oh, yeah. Bulletproof Boy Scouts. (laughs) (laughs) God. I mean, I don't know if that translates cooler in Korean or not, but in English, that's fucking hilarious. I mean, the fans, they call them ARMY um, for BTS. Um, That's what they call the fans, ARMY. ARMY fans and all that stuff. Uh, because usually a lot of their logos for the BTS would be actually like bullet, bulletproof vests and they will just have BTS engraved like like instead of saying SWAT or like LAPD and all that other stuff. Okay. So it that was their big logo for back in the day, I think. And with the uh, since they're all boys, like Boy Scouts and stuff, so like bulletproof Boy Scouts. 
I mean, there's, that's my understanding. There's honestly. Rangers, Special Forces, Marines. I don't think of bullets when I think of Boy Scouts. I think more of like handkerchiefs and pedophiles. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> there's a reason they're they've been getting sued lately. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't agree. I, I can agree with that. Well, I'm sorry for depressing you guys on this story, but uh, <laughs> let's kind of roll on to the next one then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we can roll on to the next one. Uh, so, big news on Harbor Freight. Did you hear about that? I did. I I actually is the one that uh, suggested this story. It's kind of an update to our previous uh, announcement. I think it was our first announcement, wasn't it? You know what? I think you're right. I think it was like our first or second episode for sure. Uh, We talked about the story of the recall regarding the Harbor Freight jack stands. And uh, now, apparently, the jack stands they were replacing them with have been recalled. Yeah, so apparently they're <laughs> collapsing, and they're not meant to collapse because they're the ones that they've been replaced with to replace the ones that are co- collapsing. Yeah, this is a... Uh, no one is ever buying a jack stand from Harbor Freight again after this. Yeah, and the CEO made a statement too, I think, right? Like an apology to the public and everything for quality. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not like they were ever known for great, great quality, but like a lot of their stuff that didn't have a lot of moving pieces was normally fairly solid. Mm-hmm. I've had their jack forever, and I fucking love it. I had, I mean, my dad has a bunch of jack stands from Harbor Freight, but like they're from old, old days, and they still, they're still pretty solid. That's pretty much why I asked you that question last time. Like, is there a time frame from when they were sold that they're part of the recall? Yeah, they had the part number. Which, uh, if you guys kind of go back to the earlier episodes, I do have all the part numbers and everything you need to find which uh, jack stands were affected by it. What about you, Leo? Do you own any jack stands from Harbor Freight? No, sir. Why not? Because I go to Home Depot, buddy. I get the good stuff. Oh, Home Depot. You mean where you work, right? Oh. <laughs> Wait, if you're outside of it, do you still work there? No, you get work there. Oh, God. No, he said, I work, <laughs> he said I work inside of Home Depot, but he works outside of Home Depot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> You guys ain't right. <laughs> I'm Mexican. It happens. I know, I know, I know. But yeah, that's that's kind of like a really embarrassing for them. That's a huge, huge, huge debacle, honestly, and really takes a hit to something that didn't really have the best name for that in the first place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you will still catch me at the local Harbor Freight. <laughs> going I mean, to buy I'll, some tools. I'll, I'll still shop at Harbor Freight. I mean, Harbor Freight is like my last to go stop when I can't find a part I need and everything. And honestly, they have a really good selection of shit you need that you can probably never find at other places, too, or that they just don't want to carry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do a pretty good amount of wrenching, and I have for, fuck, over 13, 14 years now. Mm -hmm. And I go to Harbor Freight first. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Most of my tools are Harbor Freight tools. Have I broken a lot of them? Yeah. (laughs) I have. But if you get a lot of their Pittsburgh stuff that has the lifetime warranty, you just take it back and exchange it. I didn't know about that. Most of my tools are husky, though. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said a lot of their stuff, if it doesn't have a lot of, like, mechanical moving parts, it's fairly solid. I tried buying, like, um, locking clamps or, like, vice grip style stuff, Mm -hmm. pliers and stuff. 
those are garbage. <laughs> I destroyed them because, you know, for a while, I don't anymore, but for a while I was working in, you know, the field doing construction stuff. And I destroyed a lot of locking clamps from Harbor Freight. Stop buying them. <laughs> so, like, you know, if it doesn't have, like, a lot of mechanical pieces, but it's just a straight sockets, wrenches, even some of their ratchets I have have been really good to me. Mm-hmm. And I've had for many years, you know. Yeah. So... No, I mean, their their stuff has been fairly solid. That's why I was kind of surprised on the jack stands and doubled up on the recall. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, I will still go there. I'll probably still continue to go there just because, to me, I'm kind of like, I'd rather destroy with a lifetime replacement some cheap tools because it's not my livelihood. Mm-hmm. I don't wrench as a living, you know, I don't do it for a living. It's not my paychecks dependent on it or nothing like that. It's my hobby and how I save money from going to the mechanic. <laughs> so for me, I actually go there first. If I do buy something a little bit more name brand or whatever, I'll usually go to Sears for Craftsman or to Lowe's for Cobalt. Because Cobalt is actually um, a sister company of Snap-on. Yeah. Well, Lowe's is going to be your only option now. Sears is out of business. Yep. Very true. Very, very true. <laughs> What about you? What kind of tools do you use, or what brands do you use the most? I have Craftsman's. Craftsman? Okay, yeah. I respect that. That's my garage full of Craftsman's tool here and there. Not bad, not bad. Wait, you have a garage? I do. But I've been to your house. How the fuck do you have a garage? You've been to the back alley. The patio. No. Yeah, I have a garage in the alley. I didn't even know there was back alleys behind it. I mean, you park your, all your cars on the side of the streets. How would I know? I park all my cars in the red, if you notice that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the red curbside that you painted yourself so nobody would park there? Hey, hey, hey. You're giving out some secrets hey, here, buddy. Manny. Hey, no, buddy. I, I read an article that people in La Jolla, resident, beach residents in La Jolla, were painting purposely their curbside red so surfers and peach cars wouldn't be parking there anymore. <laughs> so bougie. <laughs> and it just happened recently for the quarantine, apparently. Oh, that's, wow. That's not like a power move to me. It is, pretty much. I mean, there, you get to areas with money, there's some weird shit always going on. Especially La Jolla. La Jolla is a really, really rich area. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's an area in San Diego, too, down by the, uh, by the little islands. Mm, I know what you're talking about, yeah. And... All you notice, like all the houses up on the hill, right? Yeah, and then you notice kind of the older area that's all like kind of like down, not downtown, but it's kind of like their own little downtown village yeah. area. Yeah, and all the buildings are old and very short. Mm-hmm. Apparently, all the houses up top bought like the airspace above the other areas so that they couldn't build tall enough to block their view of the water that, and the beach. What? That's some bullshit right there. <laughs> So that's why that area stayed old and they never built like big hotels to bring in bigger money and, you know, nicer hotels to kind of attract more tourism for that area. Yeah, when you have money, can't it gets you build places. It. Yeah, they can't build it because it'll block all the rich people up on the hill, their yeah. view. Money gets you places. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's kind of sad, though. I mean, that place could have probably like flourished if they got more like money invested into the, the yes, area the beach stuff. in the the beach on that area is really nice and that area could have been a lot more upscale had a lot bigger businesses and everything attracted to it but because the people on the hill doesn't want them to build where it blocks any view of the of the shoreline or anything then you know they're stuck with a lot older and small buildings mm, and then going back to the the curbside in la jolla 
Um, I did see that they had pictures on Google Maps satellite overview photos of the streets, and it showed that they weren't painted red. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so there's proof that they weren't painted red. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, we have another story coming up. This is a little update. Oh, not really an update. It's kind of new to our conversation. We talked about the Super in the past, but I came across an article from uh, NASA, the, the racing organization I've been trying to get. You know, not the NASA through. with the rockets, right? No rockets. Uh, I, sh- I can't just put rockets on my car and go to NASA. Track? No, no, sorry. You're, you ain't Musk, man. I don't, I don't have to be Musk. I can just be me. No. <laughs> Fuck it, Leo. Let's put rockets on your car. Why? Because don't you want a fireworks show? well yes so an article from nasa um it turns out every toyota supra is going to be sold with a one-year membership to nasa the new supras the new supras yes so i kind of think that's a big statement just because well obviously they built the car to handle well and perform well but they're actually i i find it fun to see that they're actually encouraging the owners to go out and actually do some hpd driving that that really is a big statement because it's basically saying we their cars can handle the track, so they're boasting right there at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so often do we get everybody shopping for their cars by looking up their Nurburgring times and you know what I mean, checking their specs online, but there's not actually anybody utilizing that power, utilizing that performance. All those times are done by professional drivers out on closed course tracks, you know. And uh, I kind of like the fact that Toyota's going well. We built this. We engineered it. Take it out. Have some fun. Well, maybe people would take them out if they would do something about the dealer markup. Yeah. Well, just like with every company, um, the main branches actually do not control dealer individual markups. I know. I know. That's the sad part. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing with like Ford. Ford is extremely shameless on that when it comes to their SVTs and their and their Shelbys and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> They are super shameless, and they will do huge markups on them as well. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there a Subi that had a ridiculous amount of markup? I mean, wouldn't you know, Leo? Oh. Or do you know about that? Yes, it's yes, yes. That it was special model. Yeah, it was that special model That's, like a year or two ago. Actually, it came out this year. Was it's, it this year? It was this year. It's called, if I'm hoping I'm not wrong, it's called an S208. And yes, what, and what yes. it was like MSRP was like what 40, 50,000, but it was like oh, no, it was like 50, 51 or something like that. It was it was way up there, man. And then like final price with the dealer markup was like a hundred thousand, or it was, was it 80 what? to 90,000? 89,000, yeah. I think because they also made a limited run of them too. Mm. I mean, we might be seeing some of that when we start seeing the uh, the limited edition type R that's coming. Ooh. Oh, you guys didn't know about that. No, this is the first time hearing this. Bonus listeners, we're going to add one more story right now. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, forgive me, this is all from my head just because I don't have the article in front of me. But So we're going to get about 300 produced of the limited edition Type R. It's going to be a 2020 model. It's going to be slightly more stripped down, track oriented. So it's going to have... like almost no sound deadening material inside of the cabin. Um, gonna be more obviously more lightweight. It's gonna come with 18s. So you know my Type R buddies that are always saying you can't change the uh, Honda Engineers 20 geometry. Yeah, they they put them on 18. So <laughs> did the article say anything about how to acquire that Type R? 
Yeah, it did. You have to apply online. I know the first one already so, went to Canada, I believe. So is it more like a first come, first serve basis on who applies or no, who is eligible? It's an eligibility thing. I'm not entirely sure the criteria they're going off of it for, mm-hmm. but it is an eligibility thing. And I'm guessing it's an actual pre-order. Yeah, this is well. pre- this is pre-order. The first one, I think they all sold out within like 30 minutes. Damn. What? And they're going to come in the Phoenix Yellow. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I like that. I don't. I don't. I don't like yellow. Well, it's kind of more of a historic color for that. I don't for care. I don't R's. like yellow. It, yeah, but it's it's kind of like a, a callback to the Type R historicity for it. So they're coming out with the Phoenix Yellow for this Type R. Only going to be about three hundred made, and I haven't seen a final price on it yet. So fuck it. I'll just call it the Juicy Fruit Type R. Oh. <laughs> Down. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying ooh? I don't know, man. Why? Why? I, I want to hear more. Come on. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, anyway, so it, it's it's going to be few and far in between. Being California, I'm sure we'll see one or two, maybe even four. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, we're California. We per, We buy more cars than probably any other state in the country. We drive the market for the entire country. And that's why we have carb. Yeah. Well, we drive the country on everything, you know yeah. what I mean? So, but we do have all all the main culture here too. So, mm-hmm. if we do get to see one in person, it'll probably be here. Well, I'm sure we'll see it at a local cars and coffee, all casual like. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Yeah. So uh, that's actually another one that's going to be coming out, and um, who knows what that markup's going to end up being, considering how much the regular Type R was marked up when it first came out. So. Going back to like the original topic, do you actually plan, since you go to NASA events and everything and actually go to track events, do you actually plan to see, or in your opinion, do you actually plan to see more Supras on the track since Toyota's offering this type of program? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, um, when you go to the a NASA event and you know, I would really like the next one I go to for you to come mm-hmm. and actually kind of see it if not for anything else. It's actually no, no, more I, of a dope ass car show than I, anything too. I know you guys are always trying to get me to track. It just all it all goes down towards my time constraints if I'm able to or not. All right, fair enough. But um, I can see people going. I can see people going. I don't know if it'll actually get to the point because I mean, I'm sure ideally NASA would love for a lot of the owners to go and they can start a series off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, just like they have a spec series for the uh, BMWs, the spec series for the Miatas and things like that. If they can develop some backing for it, you know, Mm -hmm. that actually people start going to compete and go drive their cars out on the track like that, NASA could develop some some kind of racing series for them and that just drives more people wanting to get them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, whether or not that works, I don't know. I would be really happy if it does work because, you know, all that just means is that if Toyota can show that track performance and enthusiast people who actually drive it will drive car sales, then, as we've seen with all other things, other car companies will follow suit and we'll see some better engineering. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'd I'd be really interested to see if we start seeing some brand new Supras popping up at NASA events. That'd be down, that'd be down to see honestly. Yeah, that'd be great. Really great to see. But now, we just need to see Leo with his 
Tiota out there as well. Mycelica? Yes. Mycelica will outperform those two bros any day. In Ooh. reverse power or no? Bro, foot power. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a downhill race, I'll put that thing in reverse. Okay, initial D, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> or more in foot power like Flintstones probably. <laughs> That's why my left leg's buffed. <laughs> Gotta push that every time. I so thought it was just a dog biting you. Hey, <laughs> so why is your right arm buff? The hose. We don't we don't speak about that either. <laughs> <laughs> That's some confidential stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's not confidential if you're like boasting it around when you walk around and shit. What? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into a little bit um a little bit about you now, Leo. So, let, let's give a little introduction. What's up? Hey, you guys. I'm Leo. Just in case people forget, <laughs> some people have Alzheimer's to forget quickly. Uh, what would you guys like? Why to you gotta bring them into this? Who knows? Well, one of the reasons I kind of wanted to have you on um, on the uh, show was because uh, we needed somebody to talk about. Oh yeah, what was it that you're trying to get into? Oh, it's called Bozuzoko. Bozuzoko, oh, yes. and it's a car culture formed in Japan back in the 1950s. How it started out, it started as a Japanese gang, a Japanese biker gang. And as you, I don't know if you guys seen it, it's like these little tiny motorcycles with big seat, crazy front end. Yeah, the the big, like the, the really fancy, weird Japanese biker gangs where they have like all the decorated, uh, modified in terms of body styles for their cars and Motorcycles, correct? Correct. They were the original Bozuzoku. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you have a definition for that? What did, like, what does it translate to or something? Um, I had a top of my head, but it went through. That's cool. We'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. So uh, it started off with uh, basically kind of like modified pit bikes. Correct. Modified pit bikes and bigger motorcycles. And it goes on from there. Then so we'll, what what define like uh define what actually made it that kind of style to modify the bike like like just the big seats and the and the wheels or big seat wheels flashing lights super sparkling colors protruding body parts like big big exhaust pipe like oh, seven yes. and a half eight, eight and a half feet tall I remember pipe. your G twenty with that shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay but, so loud. Kind of, kind of like loud and uh, very, very out there. Everything's got to be kind of flashy. And it's basically like a middle finger to the police. That is Japan. true. I remember hearing. Okay, I hearing about that honestly. Because they're all young rebellions. Teams, okay, yeah. And they're all against the police. So if the police see that, they all the police get mad, and those motorcycle gangs they just start rev bombing. That's what they love to do. Okay. I mean, granted, I mean, I'm not trying to throw shade at like the society of Japan and their lifestyle and stuff, but their their lifestyle is meant towards like more order and logic. And so when they see something like that, it just it just goes out of boundaries for them, basically. It shows rebellion. Mm-hmm. Which is not what is not encouraged at all, in, especially in their society and everything. No, correct. Okay. So how did it evolve into cars afterward? Um, I guess later on in the year... People started grabbing the car and they started to want to, 
how it started originally. It's from a series of race cars called the Silhouette Racers. I don't know if you know about these. Silhouette race cars, they have crazy arrow in the front. Five and a, five and a half feet tall. Um, no, five and a half feet long uh, splitters. Huge uh, wide body, square wide body, and a huge spoiler. So all the kids want to kind of reenact this. Like, this is cool. And so everybody started doing their own style of this silhouette racer type stuff. So they put like long shin, loud noises, big pipes, kind of rec- like trying to make a copy of these race cars, but in their own style. Okay. Kind of like, um, what is it? The uh, Pike's Peak or whatever, the time attack cars that actually have those huge arrow, yep. huge arrow, big downforce. Okay. But, but these, these arrows did not work nothing it's i mean they're just meant for like show just for show yeah, okay basically just for show they're not actually meant for like actual performance yeah yeah and like what's like the main car that they use a lot for these type of style Ooh, yeah that's a good question kind of like how drifting it's the 240 you know mostly, like is there a main one mostly it can be any car back then it was mostly any old school rear wheel drive cars but is there like out. a there's is there actually a more of a preference in that type of style? No, no. It could be any car. Okay, any car you want. So, my El Camino. <laughs> if, if you want to, yeah. Hell no! I'll piss off the community. Hold on. <laughs> Who cares? Let, let me make it better. Your Yugo can be in this. I don't have a Yugo. In your in your heart and dream, you have a Yugo. No, everybody turns me down. I'm I'm supporting your Yugo dream. You're the first one, and I call it bullshit. Whoa, okay. I'm sorry for being nice. You nice? What is that supposed to mean? I don't know. You're a good friend. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason why I asked that is because I, I do see a lot of people always talking about like the Cressidas involved in it. That's why I asked. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask you to just confirm it maybe. A lot of Cressidas, old school Supras, um, Cedric. It's, uh, what was it? The GTRs, the very, very first one. Oh, the very first one, okay. Yeah, those type of cars were mainly popular. So it's just more like, just in general, just old Japanese cars. Yeah. Okay. It's a preference. It's what everybody wants. What do you do? A Bozudoku build. Mm -hmm. And how has it like progressed? Like, is it now moved away from the biker gang to the the car gangs and everything towards just more of like... A social standing like in a car scene and everything or is it still more towards gang related it's more in a car scene right now in japan it's why i've been told it's completely dead it's a dead culture over there all right but over here in america we kind of brought it back up okay that was actually going to be my next question is uh is the community out here yeah you guys deep <laughs> there it's a we're starting a community the community started to pick up little by little um you see old school Japanese car with big flares, big pipes, long splitter shin. Um, Moonlight Runner, who is really known for this, he has a what was it? An old school Cressida with shiny purple lot, um, purple paint, a um, fuzzy interior. I think I've seen that car. Have you? I think I have. I think it I was on. It was on Dony Media. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know. I know exactly what car he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That pipe it's going up from the hood mm-hmm. all the way to the back it's pretty unique all right very unique car 
So that's what you're building for the Celica, correct? At first, yes. At first. Yeah, but I'm more into the drift build now. Okay. Wait, I thought you were, at first you were trying to do it with a G20. I mean, I did it with a G20. So why do you say first with the Celica? I mean, he's talking about if I was doing it with the Celica, that was my plan. With the Celica, I was, I was thinking about doing the boat Suzuku style. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once you get older, you know, you kind of want to do something else. You're still young. I'm about to turn 23 next week. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. He I'm, did invite me for his birthday party. So My eyes just rolled to the back of my head. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 23 is a new 30. So what made you, instead of going towards the Bosazuka style, go towards more drifting? Did you like lose interest in it, or do you actually just want to go more for drift? I kind of lost... My personally, I kind of lost interest in it. I love it. I love it, but I feel like it's not for me mm-hmm. anymore. All that big flashy stuff and whatever. So I kind of like more into drift build, but make it look like old school drift build. Okay. So more into that. Now, I do remember you telling me this at one point. If you do want to go back into the flashy scene, it would have to be a low rider, right? Yeah, I would like to get a low rider. Yeah, he did talk about having a low rider at one point. Uh, any specific car you said you wanted? I forgot. Like a G body or six four Impala. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with the Impala. It's basically impossible. I mean, a G body is obtainable pretty well. Oh yeah, they yeah. Are, they are just Impala. Good luck with that. I just want to pop three wheels all day. And he has mentioned like trans like transporting our cars to Japan with uh, his low rider and my El Camino and stuff and just cruising down the streets in Japan and stuff. <laughs> we can make that we can make that dream to a reality, buddy. You know, I actually have a friend who sells cars to Japan. Interesting. And he sells only old American muscle cars. Believe it or not, there's actually a really big market out no, there. No, no, that I know. Trust me. And he sells Mustangs, Camaros, C10s, there's, there's, F100s. There's lots of videos on YouTube uh, that show like classic car shows in Japan that are American based, the American domestic market and everything. I mean, the Southern culture for like like not Southern but like Mexican culture, like the Chicano culture is also very heavily influenced in like. Well, like the southern part of Japan as well. Mm-hmm. And that also, I think that's what also influenced the car culture over there because of the Chicanos having the lowriders, the old classic American cars and everything. But yeah, uh, I mean, is there, is there like, I really, I really want to know what specific car did you actually want in terms of like, if you want to do like a lowrider? Like, honestly, I want like a, like a Regal. A Regal? Okay. A Regal. All black, 100-spoke Dayton's, white wall, just three-wheel all the way. And I wish I can do that in Tokyo or Shibuya. Ooh. I can see that happening, honestly. Now someone who's going to listen to this is going to actually make it a reality and do it before you watch. I'll be so sad. <laughs> Don't be. There's only 10 listeners. One <laughs> of you 10 listeners do that, I'm going to find you. <laughs> okay, Liam Neeson. <laughs> Don't you dare to take my dreams. <laughs> and then, uh, so, uh, so how are you doing with this drift build now? I mean, right now, I just finished my Celica, what was it? 
uh, the end of June. End of June, okay. And um, what we did is we did a whole AE86 suspension Wait, conversion. Okay. What year is your Celica? Mine's at 85. 85, okay. Yeah, so we did a whole uh, AE86 conversion. Um, everything had been swapped out. And it was I was helped by Alex, a.k.a. Kanagawa Hearts. He helped me do all that conversion. Helped me put, uh, install the custom Gosby coilover from... Yeah, Gosby coilovers for A86. We had to make a custom mount and everything. It was a pain. And the person who owned that car before uh, didn't really take care of it. Uh, why was it a pain? It's a lot of custom work, a lot of cutting. Okay, so of, just, more, of just more of like actual fabrication of shit. Uh, more more hope. Yeah, basically. Yeah, if you're converting a... Cons- a suspension system from a different car over mm-hmm. you got to think about k-member mounting points suspension mounting points motor mounts a lot, of, a lot of stuff like that no yeah how long did this process take for you it took us two months two months like every day or just like every few days of the week every day but every time every day but we had to start a little late like around four because it was super hot we yeah. did it out in the backyard Oh okay, okay. And then, so how do you feel now with the with all this progress you've done so far with the car? I mean, it's running a lot great now, a lot better, but it's still a lot, a lot more work to be done too. Mm-hmm. What do you have planned? I want to at least rebuild the engine again because why well, I've been told the engine been rebuilt, and also I'm trying to do a, I'm trying to swap the axle out because right now it has an open diff and. If you weld that diff, you'll blow the axle. You will snap it in half. Mm. So I'm planning to do like an SR5 uh, A86 axle swap. Okay. So I can at least, you know, do some slidey boys here and there. There you go. And repaint the car. So is the engine rebuild before or after your first event with the car? It was... Like, will you be rebuilding it before you actually take it out for your first time? Or you're going to take it out and rebuild after that? Uh, probably rebuild it if it if it blows. I probably rebuild it right now. It's still running strong. So run till kaboom. Yeah, that's the way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So what what do you think your time frame is before your first event to actually uh, get out and start testing and tuning? Um, whenever the next events open, I just go. I would shoot for it. Okay, so you're gonna uh do that. Basically, what I'm asking is like uh. Are you once you have that axle swap done, just the next event, or you're gonna go both even before you get the new axle? Oh, I'll go before the new axle. <laughs> oh, I, already on, I already drifted on open diff already. So interesting. Very and nice. how'd that go? Surprising well. Surprising? Okay. It went sideways for quite a while for an open diff car. Very nice. That's good. Did you at least have reverse? I made sure I had a reverse, yes. Okay. Uh, contacts for anybody. He had a G20 that didn't have reverse, so we would have to push him into parking spots at car meets. Those were the good times. Not really. We all did all the work while you fat has just sat in the car. It's called teamwork. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> all right. Well, do you think this will be eventually anything you want to do uh, competition-wise, or this is just going to be more hobby all the time? Like more hobby, more fun time, like stuff. All right, cool. Do you ever plan, or do you think you might actually go back to the Bosa Suka scene? 
Probably not. Probably not. Why do you think so? Um, because for quite a while, I did see you have an interest in it. So it, I didn't know you were going more towards the drift scene. So I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the Bozoku scene. But all that, you know, big fancy stuff, flashy stuff, not really meant for me. So I just like to keep it old school, like back in the 80s, how a drift card looked like. Mm-hmm. Just simple wheels, paint, that's it. Okay. No, I, I can respect that, honestly. I mean, you. I know, like I said, you had the interest in Bozooka. Now you're into drifting. Um, you know, I mean, it's pretty much what you want to do, honestly. Yeah. And so, Leo, I got one more question. Is that like the only car you have or do you have another car? I have two cars. I two mean, cars? Beside a Celica, I have a Subaru WRX uh, 2011. And I track that car a lot. You track it? Yeah. I do remember you did place a order some, what, uh, those stickers you make the... Oh, yes. Uh, Leo was actually one of the first people to order some door numbers from me. Yeah. <laughs> some custom Every- ones? Custom. Everybody loved those. My mom loved those. Nice. I, st- I still say you should have put Mo's face on it. Mo's face? Maybe in the future. <laughs> oh, Probably on the Celica. Let you? me know. I still have would the you? design. <laughs> what? I, yeah, obviously. Then why didn't you? I didn't know I had that choice. But you gave us the the photo. We could have just easily... Oh, Tony could have easily done it. Oh, I thought it was waifu only. I'm like, okay, I'll put my oh, waifu right okay, here. Okay, it, it's okay. whatever you want, buddy. Okay, okay. Since you're talking about waifus, what's your waifu? My waifu, Mikoto Urabe. Okay. From Mysterious okay. Girlfriend X. Okay. Top tier. Nothing can beat it. Top tier? Okay. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. What's yours, Manny? Mine? Yeah. I mean, do you really have to ask that? For the viewers. I'm pretty sure the viewers already know, but my main waifu is going to be hands down Supersonico. And how, when did you start liking her? Like, why were you interested in her? It's gotten to a point where you just like something so much that you forget why. Like, Hmm. I mean, as long as you're still faithful to it, to your interest and your like, I think that just matters more than how you got into it. That's my idea. I can see that. Mm hmm. Um, I would say I got more into Supersonico back in early 2012, honestly. Oh, nice. 2012, 2013, right when I got into college, my college years, honestly. Hmm. What about you? Like, how, how long have you been in interest with uh, Mikoto Urube? Since 2010, 2009. Okay. I, I've been in love with her. I love her hair. love how weird and creepy she is. <laughs> <laughs> that's saliva bit swapping oh, mm. oh god now i know why your arm is so buff <laughs> <laughs> i love how she had i love how she had like little safety scissors in her panties right here safety scissors yeah she cuts up people with those people go cut them up okay 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 <laughs> well this took a weird turn i know i know freddy cougar over here <laughs> <laughs> what about you tony what's your your waifu well her name is Syra, and she's sitting in the room over there. Whoa. <laughs> waifu, no, I, waifu means uh, 2D, 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 2D girlfriend <laughs> that no one knows. <laughs> that would be Rika Takanashi. Why? Why do you like her? I don't really know, to be honest. How long have you... See, that's what it goes back to that. Like You really don't remember why, but you still love it so I much. I mean, the anime is freaking funny. I know. Oh. Dude, oh. 
I, I loved it so much when you when I first started when I started getting into watching it after you said it so many times to me. Yeah, dude, it was funny. It was clever and kind of made me laugh. It was like one of those I can kind of watch really casually and just enjoy it every time I see it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, nice, definitely. Nice. And the memes, the memes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you plan to do maybe Natasha soon of Mikoto? Maybe. I mean, or I have- anything planned in her name. I was planning, well, I mean, the G20 had a rear window, Itasha. I remember. That was probably the first Mikoto Irby, Itasha, probably in the world. But I'm planning to do a hood rap on a Celica or not the Subi, one of those with oh, Mikoto Irby. Something like Alex did with his with Congo, right? Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. Okay. Cool. I can dig it, honestly. I'm, uh, I'd be, I'll be waiting for that to happen. Hopefully, hopefully come soon. Okay, Heck well, yeah. That is basically my final answer. Uh, like we did last week, or last week, we did some questions, some themes and stuff on our IG. So, got a few questions. Uh, noticeable one from our IG from the listeners and fans. When is the next track day? Would you know, Tony? So, the next track day, that's something I've been meaning to discuss with our fellow associates at 91 Octane and uh, Valley Race Crew. Mm-hmm. Um, given the whole COVID thing going on, uh, they have made adjustments out at the track that we normally rent out and, uh, you know, they, everybody has to wear masks, social distancing, blah, blah, blah. So given that they're open now, um, I've actually been planning to maybe talk to them and see how they feel about kind of organizing another day. Mm -hmm. But right now there's nothing in the schedule. Um, personally for me right now, for sure is... I'm trying to set a goal for Button Willow in October. Button Willow with the Cobra after you do the suspension or with the Type R? Hopefully with the Cobra. Um, I don't know, you know, I you know, like I said, there's a something we'll kind of talk about maybe next episode next week. Mm-hmm. Some interesting developments regarding the uh, race suspension I picked up. So I'm not sure if that's going to set me back any amount of time. But Ten years. You got to mm-hmm. stop that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm hoping that, uh, yes, I'll be hopefully attending with the Cobra. Ah, not bad, not bad. So we'll we'll see. Irregardless, I've been wanting to do Button Willow for a long time. And in all reality, I kind of do want to benchmark myself against uh, other drivers that's done Button Willow mm-hmm. with a Type R. So maybe I'll just go ahead and do it with the Type R regardless. And just based on your time frame, if you can get one or the other finished. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I can take both cars, that'd be cool, too. <laughs> I'll pay for the registration and do both. Okay. What about you? Got any track days coming up? Whatever autocross and drift events open, I'll try to go to them. Only at Grange? Um, Grange. Um, I used to go to the one in the Angel Stadium. I forgot what it's called now. Oh, pure uh, track, pure, pure track. yeah, pure track autocross. I used to I, go. I, I used did to a go couple there. of those back in the day. Yeah, they, were they have fun. a track at the Angel Stadium. It's not a track. It's uh, auto. It's autocross. autocross yeah. Oh, okay. They okay. set up cones in the parking lot. Oh, uh, cone okay. killer. Yeah. What? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crowd killer. You it, it's kind of like I did it for a while because I felt it was a really safe way to bring your car out and not fuck it up mm-hmm. and kind of learn a little bit. And, um, you know, a lot of people actually kind of argue that autocross is really good because the courses are always changing. It's very fast paced and you kind of got to learn on the fly. It's not necessarily practicing the same course repeatedly again and again. I'd be down to try it, actually. 
it's super fun. It is fun. Honestly, as soon as you hit a road course, you might throw it out the window and be like, fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as I hit a road course, I was like, oh, I don't want to do autocross again. <laughs> like, it really loses its excitement. Okay. But it is fun. I would recommend definitely, like, especially for your case, where you're kind of nervous of messing up your car and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to get comfortable. It's a good way to get comfortable. You get kind of get to row. Well, you don't really get to row any gears. You might be in second gear the entire time, almost. Yeah. <laughs> but you kind of at least get to put your fe- your your foot down and kind of toss the car around back and forth. And okay. Kind of learn some weight transfer. Make sure you don't spin out and hit crowds. <laughs> so it's it's honestly it's I recommend it. In all reality, if you want to be a really good driver, I think you're supposed to keep doing it. I just don't. I just can't do it no more. I don't want to do it no more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Understandable. Understandable. And another question. Well, I wouldn't even consider this another question. Sparky has another guest. I'm going to mm. throw some shit at Sparky. If he can get here with his intake fall, without his intake falling out, maybe. Oh, geez. Maybe he could, though. Don't say that. <laughs> well, I he said he got a new suspension, new transmission, new oil coolers. I give it a yeah. month for his car. Well, if he blows it up, that'd be a great story. We'll bring him back on. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> you can pay for the Uber, not me. <laughs> but no, we're, you know, we're willing to have guests on multiple times. You know, as no, long no, as there's Spark- going Sparky, on. Sparky is an interesting individual. Great guy overall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, we know the main thing for our guests is that we just want some interesting, topical, something different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we can bring him back on later on. I'm sure he's going to, now that he's kind of got his car fixed up, I'm sure he's going to start getting For into about some, a month. <laughs> hopefully more than a month, but oh. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be going back and getting his bracket series with drag racing again and everything. Orally, orally. So, yeah, um, we also posted about a question of uh, what was your best and worst reactions to anime stickers on your car? So uh, to Leo, any car or to our car, your personal car, your personal car. So okay. Leo, I'm gonna start with you, buddy. What is a what is like a a memory you have, whether it be a, the best reaction or the worst reaction to people seeing anime stickers on your car? I got kicked out of my uh, community college parking lot because of my stickers. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that is a, that's a good one. All right, yeah, because um, I don't know if you guys remember my first G20. One side had like you know wholesome stickers, the other side had boobies, you know, a lot of um, so lewd, very lewd things, <laughs> very lewd. Well, anime or three D? Anime. So how did that lead to you getting kicked out of your college parking lot? Well, the dean of the college looked for me. <laughs> And waited outside of my car until I came back. Really? With campus security. What? And they told me I cannot park there no more because I was offending people. <laughs> it, it is a college, honestly. He's going to offend anybody there, honestly. That is great. Sad to say, I mean, you're going to offend a lot of people at community college regardless. No, it's, it's fine. I, so what I did, I parked outside of the community college. They can't do nothing to me there. I can still offend people. Quote unquote. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> so did you my question is afterward, did you stip, sticker bomb lewd stickers randomly throughout the campus? 
I'm not going to lie. I did. Because <laughs> I know that's what I would have done. I did. All over the little police box, on random um, classes, bathroom. You see a lot of them in the bathroom for sure. Hey. <laughs> that is funny. All right, Manny, how about you? Best or worst reaction to anime stickers on your car? Best one would be when I took, when this is like when the truck was fully stickered out and at its peak, I went to church by myself. And when I got out of church, I just see all the people surrounding my truck look, taking pictures and stuff. To me, that was like the best moment because it was just funny, especially at a church. <laughs> all like like supersonical stickers of her half naked and everything. All the little kids and teenagers taking pictures. Mm-hmm. All the parents pissed off and shit that it's there at the church and everything. <laughs> So, in the future, once there's a possibility of the Atasha and the Mustang, I can't wait to go to a church again. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What about you? Um, you know, I don't really get too many reactions just because uh, most of the, you know, I'm boring and I only really go to work. Mm-hmm. And whenever I go out to car events and things like that, people are normally pretty welcoming about it, especially anywhere I go, really. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I believe you were with me, or at least cruising with me. We were going to Tenoshi Nights. I was right behind you, and I witnessed it all. Yes, and I was in my fox body where I had a giant Itasha die cut. I remember that. Rika in the back window of my hatchback. And I did have other various like anime stickers, and I had uh, the Speed Haunters banner in the front. And we were going down the freeway, and out of nowhere, there's like this f-250 big old truck like flipping me off and talking shit out of the window and then i just see him point towards like the back of my car and talk about fucking anime and i'm like oh he's really angry about this (laughs) (laughs) no especially that old guy that he was in a classic car he just looks over and then he just i just see him move his head back facing forward and just like nod his head and like in disappointment right that that was a different time too no it was the same time well, it was a different uh, car, though. Yeah. It was a different car. I would think it was the same day. It was an old-timer in a... What was he in? It was an old wagon or something, no? If I remember, I think it was a Ford Ranchero. Okay. That's what... I, yeah, that's right. That's right, it was. But, uh, yeah, I cruised by him, and he just gave this most disappointing and disgusted look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if it just triggers people more because it's a kind of a classic American muscle. Not really classic, but... Well, well, I guess just, becoming classic, but yeah. it's an American muscle icon, a fox body, and they're seeing this weeb shit on it. <laughs> well, they wouldn't even know what it's weeb shit, but they're just disappointed seeing that shit. Yeah. I remember I posted a video or a picture, I don't remember which one, on a Ram owners, Ram 1500 owners group page on Facebook. And surprisingly, I did get a lot of shit. Like, how, why are you going to put this Japanese shit, Japanese cartoons on an American truck and everything? I just laughed. I really didn't care, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes with the name, right? Yeah. Itasha's supposed to be the whole painful, supposed to be embarrassing or whatever Mm -hmm. car, you know? Hard to look at. Yeah. And, you know, when we kind of do it to combine two different aspects that we enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. Hobbies or enthusiasms we enjoy, we combine it into one. And I don't know, we always say people, you always say you build the car for you and not them anyways, right? Yeah. I still say probably best story is now Leo's. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Although uh, Sergio had a really good one with his, but 
I think we can wait on that one. We'll wait on that one. Maybe we'll bring him on to talk about it because oh. that was a you know really good one. Enemy Impulse. Oh, I, I don't know what happened. Okay, I'll tune, tell you later. Tune in. Tune in later. Tune in later. <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll ask Sergio if he wants to come out and talk to the, talk about the story. Oh, <laughs> I want to hear this now. <laughs> But yeah, I, I kind of like these segments. I think we'll do this again next week. We'll uh, post some questions up. You guys can ask some questions or uh, we'll kind of do some questions that anybody wants to talk about. Or just give some themes, get get some discussions like we did with like unpopular, popular animes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. We can do that again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think with that, we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, Leo, why don't you tell the listeners um, where they can find you, your social medias and whatnot? They can find me on Instagram at unknown underscore V2. What does the unknown V2 mean? It's a private story. I can't really talk about it. So it's unknown? It's unknown. Oh. Then what happened to V1? First G20. <laughs> See, I knew it. <laughs> okay. All right, Manny. So uh, why don't you wrap us up? Tell the listeners where they can find us at. Yeah, to our listeners, you can find us at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Unaccepted Pod. And we do have a website at unacceptedpod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you listen to your podcast at. Uh, we are on Anchor now. I had somebody ask me about that one, so I added it on there. I'm not really sure what platform that is, but or like who really uses it but i added it on there anyway if you guys let me know i'll add it anyway <laughs> and uh, again if you guys want to send any unaccepted reds we can use at the beginning of the video uh, be sure to send us an email to unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com and uh, be sure to tune in every wednesday when we drop our episodes see you guys next week john you fucking weebs <laughs>